on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bank roll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have a full-length episode, and it is extra girthy. Extra girthy. Um, but before I tell you who my amazing guest is, who I've been looking forward to having on the show for a very long time, is uh, if this is your first time listening, there's a little housekeeping you need to understand about how we do things here. Um, we're not just a conversation podcast. We're gonna, you're going to hear that today, but we have many different formats within the format. And one of them is full length, like you're going to get today. Uh, but then there's also Q&AF, and that's a question and answer format. And uh, you ask the questions, we answer them on the show, and you could submit those questions a couple different ways. The first way is, guys, email those questions in to askandy at andyforsella.com. And the second way is, now that we're on YouTube, I know most of you guys have been used to listening to us on the audio platforms, but we are on YouTube now with the entire episode. So if you go on YouTube and you go to the Q&AF episodes, you could drop your questions in the comments section and we'll pick some from there as well. Other types of shows that we do, we do this one called CTI. That stands for Cruise the Internet. That is where we talk about society, culture, what's going on in the world. Uh, we talk about, you know, the he- we pull up three headlines. We talk about what may be true, what may not be true. We speculate. Uh, we tell some jokes. Usually they're inappropriate. And if you don't have a sense of humor, you won't like the fucking show. So don't listen to that one. Um, the reason we talk about culture and society on an entrepreneurial show is because you have to understand your environment to be effective inside the environment. So if we don't talk about these things and these tyrants run away with our freedom, we won't be able to make money and be ballers. It's as simple as that. All right. Uh, other times you tune in, we have real talk. Real talk is five to 20 minutes of me just giving you some real talk. Most of the clips you see of me on the internet where I look, sound like an angry fucking weirdo and I'm like screaming and shit that comes from real talk. Uh, I'm not like that all the time, just most of the time. Uh, and then we have a fee for the show. Okay. And the fee is not monetary. I don't ask you to buy things. One of the things you'll notice about this show is that unlike other shows, um, is that I don't run ads on the show. Okay. I don't take money from other companies to talk about their shit that I don't use. Uh, I don't need their money because I am independently wealthy because of the lessons that I teach you on the show. So in exchange for the lessons I teach you on the show that have made me independently wealthy, that I don't have to take advertisements. All I do is ask that you share the show when we do a good job. So it's value exchange. If I do good, tell people if, if, if we do good, tell people. Uh, if we don't do good, please don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, that's, that's how the show works. So uh, without further delay, uh, I've been telling you guys we had a big guest coming on the show. And this is one of my favorite guests that we've had on the show. We haven't even done the show yet. Um, but this is a guy that I've become friendly with. And we've become friends over, I don't know what, the last year or so. A uh, very, very, very brilliant man, somebody who's been very successful in business and life and somebody that uh, I'm excited to have a conversation with. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Alex Hormozzi. Thank you so much What's for the up, intro. What's up, brother? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's great to see you, dude. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah. Hopefully I can live up to the intro. That's hey, always the goal. Hey, look, dude, uh, <laughs> all you got to do is be you. That's it. You know, out of all the people, and this is real shit, like all the people that I have watched on the internet over the last decade or so, there's only a few of them that I'm really like, okay, this guy really, really does understand how to build a business. You know, there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of pseudo, you know, knowledge out there. 
Uh, there's, there's a lot of hucksters. There's a lot of people who, you know, are great coaches, not great operators. Um, but dude, you know, when I watch your content and there's a few other guys out there and some of them really don't have a big of followings, uh, it's very apparent that, you know, you're very, very, very intelligent when it comes to business. And, and dude, I'm just excited to have a conversation about it. So I'm stoked. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about, dude? Let's start with your story, dude. Like, how did you like how? Because I you and I, we've talked about all kinds of different things via text. You know, yeah. we talk about chat GTP, we talk yeah. about GPT. We talked about, uh, you know, different things going on in business. But, you know, I've never really got to sit down and talk to you about your story. So this is a perfect time to talk about it. It was wild. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been, uh, well, I'll, 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 I'll give the quick, the TLDR. Um, I was a, a gym owner in Southern California. So I had a consulting job. I did defense contracting, space cyber intelligence um, through a sub under Booz Allen. Uh, hated that job, actually. Uh, hated it so much that I ended up quitting and driving across the country, not telling anyone until I was halfway there because my dad was going to talk me out of it and be like, hey, you don't need to, you know, like, let's just follow the path that we yeah, had. Yeah. Um, and he was doing it because he just wanted to look out for my best, but I didn't want to do that. And so I showed up in California with no plan, showed up at a gym owner's gym and was like, hey, man, can you teach me? And he was like, I don't know, like, why are you here? I got shit to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slept at his place. How old were you at this time? I was 22. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I graduated a year early. Um, from a school in Tennessee. Um, and then that, that way I kind of got a jump start in my career, saved my extra you know, money. Mm -hmm. And then I had about $50,000 saved up when I was 22 uh, to start a business and I wanted to start a gym. And so that was because I was into fitness and I hated everything else. And so that was like, I guess I'll just do this. Um, from there, I, I spent 12 weeks with that guy. He started work at 4 a.m. and worked until 4 p.m. Four to four was his shift. And so I did that. And then I also stay at the gym after that. Learned a little bit of the ropes, started a gym in Huntington Beach. Didn't have enough money for both. Slept on the floor there because, you know, I could only pay one rent. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's yeah. very similar to how I got started, dude. Very yeah. similar. And it was uh, by chance, I went to a weekend workshop two weeks before I started the gym. And it was this guy who was teaching something called Facebook ads. This is 2013. So I was like, I mean, talk about like stroke of luck, crazy, you know, coincidence. And I was able to run Facebook ads to get like my first 25 members uh, in the gym. And we were able to grow by 5,000 a month every month for the first you know, seven or eight months. Um, and at that point, I you know, started bringing people in and getting a manager and all that stuff. And then it pretty much started working out. Um, opened a new location every six months after that until I had uh, five locations. At that point, I met Layla. And uh, I, I got asked to speak at this event and like, I was not in that world. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I was yeah. like, I'm a gym owner. He's like, no, I want you to talk about how you're marketing for like brick and mortar. And I was like, all right, man. Dude. <laughs> so I went up there and I was like, this is what I do. This is how. So I was able to open all my gyms at full capacity on the first day. That was kind of like the unique thing. So I'll, what I would do is I would sign the lease, put the deposit down, and then I'd start running ads immediately. And it would take me 30 days to open the gym. And so like I would spend... uh 300 bucks a day ish. And we were getting like 30 to one back on our ad spend. That's so awesome. we're making a hundred grand in our first month. And so like, you know, as the cash is coming in, I'm like buying flooring and then I'm like painting the walls mm. and like getting the equipment in. And like, I had this whole order. Cause I knew that like, by the time the equipment got there, like I had to have the paint that like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so we'd open at full capacity only using the bro, cash that I got. Bro, hold on. <laughs> That's those stories are the yeah. fucking ones that people love. 
Like you, we got plenty of time. Okay. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> we got plenty of time. Just because I talk fast in the intro, like, <laughs> like, dude, I love that. So you, pre, you so you pre-sold the memberships, yeah. and then use the money yep. to actually build the gym out. So what I would do is we would do these challenges. We do these six-week weight loss challenges, um, and the whole shtick was that it was free if they lost the weight. And so people would like basically bet on themselves. They mm -hmm. bet 500, 600 bucks that they would hit. I think I had, uh, I think it was 10% body. I changed the challenge, but it was like 10% of your body weight. So if you were 200, you lose 20 pounds, et cetera. Um, and they had six weeks to do it. And we'd, you know, they'd work out as many times as they wanted. Uh, we'd give meal plans, grocery lists, food preparation instructions, eating out guides, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so every week I'd sign up, you know, 25, 30, 40 people. Uh, and this is all one-on-one -on -one consultation. So like I would do 20 to 25 consults a day, every day. And I did that for years. Um, even when I had my own gyms, like I still sold better because I just had more reps than the other guys. Yeah. So my guys would like set appointments for me. At, so I'd like every day I'd go, they had set like three days worth of appointments. So it was just like stack, 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 stack. And so you just get, you know, just yeah. get the reps in. And that was, I was referred to that as like my Rocky cutscene. Like yeah. no one knew where I was. And yeah. I was just hitting the meat in the basement and just, yeah. just getting those repetitions in. And um, so anyways, I, I'd put the, just have $5,000 to put down for the, for the lease and just enough money to start the ads. And for us, we'd get ads, uh, we get leads for like five bucks and we'd sell one out of four leads into a $600 thing. So it's like, it would cost me 20, 25 bucks to get a customer and I'd make $600 upfront. Yeah. And then two days later, I'd sell them supplements, uh, you know, 200, $300 for the supplements to go with the program that they just bought. Mm -hmm. And then the shtick was, Three, three weeks in of their six weeks, I'd be like, hey, Dorothy, you know, uh, let's be honest, you have more than 20 pounds to lose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what's your plan after this, you know, thing's over? She's like, well, you know, what's your ultimate goal? She's like, I just want to get to my high school weight. I was like, okay, so you just so we're clear, you know that in the next 21 days, we're not going to do that, right? And she's like, no, I understand that. I was like, okay, so, but long-term's the goal? And she'd say yes. And I was like, all right, then you won the challenge. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, because you realize it's not about six weeks. And so I was like, so this is what I want to do for you. You have the 600 bucks. I was like, I want to credit towards the goal that you really have, which is the high school weight. I was like, I'm just gonna put towards the year. And that way, like you win today, you're in, you're one of us, here's the t-shirt, you know, like yeah. you're, you're part of the family yeah. now. Um, and so I just set my membership at 50 bucks higher than it was supposed to, than I, I usually ended up selling it for. Uh, so it was like 250 a month, got dropped down to 200 a month because I take the 600 divided by 12. And so that credit them 50 bucks a month off. And, just like that, we were able to go 600, you know, 250 in subs, and then I'd be able to get the membership all in the first month. Compare that to the business model where someone's going like free month up front and then converts one out of three into a $99 a month membership. Yeah. My ability to convert cash so much faster uh, was front loaded so I could outspend everybody mm -hmm. in my market, which is also why I could launch them all for no money out of pocket because every day I'd spend 100. I get 2000 back. Mm -hmm. And so that cash is what allowed me to open so quickly without having capital of my own as a young guy. And mm -hmm. that's how I was able to scale. That's awesome, dude. How, how, how the hell did you think of that? Like, like how, like what? It's a long, so <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the story. So that gym owner that I, that I uh, went out to, right? Mm -hmm. So I Googled like successful, I mean, you know, because whatever it was 10, 11, 12 years ago, Google like successful gym owner. And this guy had this like crappy HTML site and it said seven figure <laughs> Sam. All right. And I was like, cool, seven figure Sam, I'm going to go talk to this guy. And so I get to uh, California and he's got like a, a little group of gym owners that like all just share their, you know, share their stuff. It was just gym owners. And I didn't have a gym at the time. And I was like, is it even okay for me to be here? Um, he was like, yeah, sure. 
And so that way I actually got to learn all the stuff that they had done wrong before I started my first gym. So it's like, oh, don't go too small because of this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, don't go too big because of the brand. I'm like, hey, keep it under this per square foot. Like all these things that like I would have no idea. Like I would have known that. And so um, one guy was there and was like, hey, I got this, uh, this promotion. That's, he was in Wilmington, so like South of LA. Um, it was like, I've got this promotion that's like doing really well. And so he was doing this like eight week thing. And what happened is some rich guy, some rich entrepreneur apparently was like, I won't pay for it. But he's like, but if I hit my goal, you give me my money back and you can use my testimonial and I'll like promote the shit out of you. And he's like, and the thing is, is like he did that. And like all these other people were like, yeah, I want that thing. And so he was doing an eight week thing. And so Sam started doing it at his place for his personal training side. And I was like apprenticing under Sam. Um, and the thing is like, I just saw like the ratio of how many we could sell versus how many trainers we need. I was like, this doesn't like make sense. And I was like, what if we put it in the boot camp? Cause then we could just put as many people as we want in there uh, to get people going. He's like, you think people will pay 500 bucks? I was like, they care about the weight. They don't care about like what the, the experience was. Um, and so uh, I ran an ad with that. Um, first was technically for Sam spot. I ran the ad before we even knew that Facebook ads even worked. So the first ad I ran for Sam, uh, and I think I can't remember what we spent, but we made money on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, it was like, holy shit, this works. And so I sold the first 10 or 12 people or whatever at his gym. And then that's what I, when I went to go plant my Huntington beach spot. That's awesome. But it was like an iterative, like he did the first guy did eight weeks and it was like, it was all about the testimonial thing. Uh, Sam cut it to six weeks and it was all about personal training. And then I added in like a nutrition template thing. So I templated so it was like faster to move through people and made it one to many rather than one on one. And that was kind of like the and added Facebook ads to it. So like that's what when those when those came together is when it just like blew up. That's awesome, man. Dude, you said something in there that really caught my attention. It's something that we talk about on the show a lot, especially on the Q and A, uh, the Q and AF episodes. A lot of these young dudes. Uh, young girls too, they want to learn how to get good at selling and they want to learn how to, how to sell. And you said the answer in there, reps, reps. And uh, <clears throat> I just wanted to point that out. Like, you know, you guys ask that all the time. Like, how do I learn to become an effective salesperson? Which by the way, is the most effective skill that you could ever have. You could ever possess ever, ever, ever. If you can, if you can learn how to, how to sell and you can learn how to manage people, there's always going to be a demand for your skill set. And what Alex said in there with his reps, I'm assuming that's this is where you really weren't like you said hit, hitting we you know pounding the meat yeah you know what I'm saying I don't <laughs> like we got we got a girthy meat pounding going on yeah I checked the um, CRM like because I still had access to it right when I I sold my gyms three or four years later um, and I had four thousand like confirmed kills um, so like closes not consults yeah. and like that just that's a lot of sales yeah it's uh, <laughs> a lot of conversations face to face yes. every single one of them one on one just like I tell the people I'm like dude get get yourself in a good retail job. Get yourself oh, yeah. in a retail job where you can, like people, are, well, I don't want to work retail. Well, fuck, you're an idiot then, dude, because like you can learn, what you're learning in a retail operation is so much more valuable than what you're actually getting paid most of the time. Mm. <laughs> they're, oh, dude. They're working for you. Like your employer, like especially if you're newer, your employer is working for you and also happens to be paying you because like most people come in with basically no skills. And so then like on the job, that person, it gives you an education and pays you to learn, which is why like nowadays, it makes almost so much more sense to just skip straight to just the on-the-job education, whatever industry you want to be in, because you'll learn about the industry at a broad spectrum, but then you'll also learn more tactical skills. But to your point about like selling being the most valuable skill, if you just like boil it down to first principles of, okay, if I want to do something, you can either learn how to do everything, or you can convince somebody else to do that thing for you who's mm -hmm. awesome. 
And if you can convince somebody else to do every other thing that is required to do in the business, then like you can have an amazing business and only know how to do one thing, which is get other people to do stuff. That's right. And leadership and sales. If you like, okay, well, what's leadership? Well, it's being able to influence other people to do the thing you want them to do. Sales is pretty much the same thing. Yeah. One's more transactional, like depending on the type, you know, type of sale, but Yes, I 100% agree in every way. <laughs> Dude, what I found too, man, is that like if you truly want to be an effective leader and salesperson, the best thing that you can do to get these people to do what it is that you need them to do as the manager or the CEO or the operator is to make them understand how it's in their best interest to do those things. And a lot of people don't operate their business that way. I found that out after coaching uh, an Arte group for so long with Ed. You know, I found, and, and you know, the point of the group is that people need to learn things, right? I'm not n knocking anybody, but a lot of people don't understand that like your mission, your purpose, your, your values of your company really come from you showing the people that work for you how their lives are going to benefit by actually listening to what it is that you ask them to do. And uh, a lot of people bail out on that, dude. They come in, they want to run a business, they want to put their feet up on the, on the yeah. they want to go to the lake on Thursday and come back on Tuesday and they, want, they think that they're running a company. You guys ain't running shit. Like, you're running yourself out of business. And um, I don't know, man, it's just interesting. The whole dynamic of small business is super interesting to me, dude. It's where I really, it's what I really like. Like running bigger companies is, and, and like, it's, it's fun. I love coming here. I love being around everybody here. I love, I love what we do. I love what we do for the people that, that are customers or companies. I love all that, but man, there's something about that. Like that, the beginning, like where you're really hustling and you're really learning. And, and like, I do miss that a lot of times. That is exactly the, I mean, that what you just expressed is the, the reason that we decided to go with acquisition.com, which we can get to later, but yeah. because we can pick companies up right at that, like, you know, one to 10 million in profit yeah. size. Mm -hmm. And like, they're still figuring out some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's a, you know, there's a chain of uh, teeth whitening studios that we're looking at and like in the diligence process, I'm like, man, I was like, your physical product sales are low. And they're like, yeah, we're still struggling with that. I was like, I fucking promise that I know like, yes. I will figure out how to get everybody to leave with a kit. Like yeah. I promise. And like when I was figuring out, so we have a, a chain of 38, I think, uh, photography studios. Mm -hmm. um, it was our first personal investment Layla and I made outside of like the normal you know, mm -hmm. real estate and stocks and stuff. Um, and now when we spent like six months trying to figure out a way to just like re-engineer the sales process and ended up just massively increasing the ticket size and the take rates at the same time. But anyways, all of that comes from like a thousand tiny conversations that you notice someone pause or you're like, I said that they didn't hear it the right way. Mm -hmm. like, how can I rephrase this? Or is a way, if I put this first, does that influence how mm -hmm. they see the rest of the conversation? Um, but dude, like, you can't do the, that without the reps. No. And, and dude, it has to be like this. It cannot be through a text or through, 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 through I mean, now it probably can yeah. be, but when you're learning, you know, for, for you guys who are trying to learn these skill sets, dude, the acuity that you have to have to read someone yeah. can only come from that scenario. There's no, there's no coach that can teach you that. Door knocking, cold calling, and and or retail where you, yeah. you have 20, 30 people a day walking At in. At least, yeah. And when you do that, it's like that's the, it's the tiny little pauses where someone says something and you have to like, if you have to, if you have to be reminded, you don't know it well enough. So like as a sales guy, like if you have to think about what you're going to say next, it's kind of like wrestlers when they're on the mat. Like you sure do you know what you're going to be shooting to counter something yeah. that someone else is like, you're not like, oh, okay, they yeah. just pulled my wrist. So now and it's like, you're fucked already. You're yeah, done. you're done. Like, yeah. yeah. So, did you wrestle? Like, I did in yeah. high school. Like yeah. Not, yeah. 
not that great. But. No, I get it. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, wrestling's a wrestling's an uh, has been an awesome awesome life teacher for me. Yeah. Awesome. Talk about reps. Yeah. Like okay. Oh shit. Yeah. Do a single leg takedown and do or it a hundred times every day. For walk the next out. <laughs> walk. Just just walk out to a match where everybody's watching you, and it's just you and one other person, and there's no hiding whatsoever yeah. of any sort. Like it's a totally different kind of thing. But that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, so when we're talking about um. So you got the gyms open yeah. and cause I do want to talk about where you are now and what you do, because secretly that's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm to the point now where I'm just like, dude, I, I love the creative process. I yeah. love the lay of the land. I love showing people, um, you know, like, like the, your dental the teeth whitening thing. Yeah, like, right. like I love, like, I'm like, you guys are missing it here. Yeah. I love being able to show those kind of things and, and that's, but I don't want to do them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying I don't want to do them anymore. I've been doing them for 24 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I might do it for 25, just to say 25. But <laughs> it's uh, it, it's cool what you're doing. So, so where'd you go? At, so you got the gyms going. Yeah. Now what happens? So got the gyms going. I spoke at that conference, yeah. right? And I I talk about this. Hey, this is what I'm doing. I showed everything. Like I didn't. I was just like, that's my ad. That's my landing page. I was like, here's my phone script. Here's like I just showed because I didn't know how presentations worked. That's yeah. what like it sounds ridiculous. I got off the stage and to this day, even with all the media and press, I have never been more bombarded in my life. Like there was like a three rows deep circle around me. And like for the next two days, like guys were like peeing at the urinal next to me, like, hey man, like the whole thing. For context, I got 150 business cards just from like the stage to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like it was insane. And I got back and I was like, man, and they were like, what can I buy from you? I was like, nothing. I was like, I own five gyms. I was like, they're like, how do I do it? I was like, that, that thing, that, yeah. that's how I do it. And so Dude. what happened is, or, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just like reflecting on all of the shit you're telling me <laughs> and how parallel it is to my story, dude. It's like so parallel. Like oh. it's so parallel. That's how I got into speaking too. That was the exact same thing that happened to me. I got asked to talk about our retail success because mm -hmm. we had supplement superstores, which we still have. And I got asked to come talk about it and show how we were, how we were able to grow it. And it's the fucking exact same story. Supplements, fitness. I, I lived in the back of that first store. Yeah. Bro, like, it's just crazy hearing it. I probably, just went, it's, it's cool. It's probably where we see the world in a similar way. Like yeah, similar yeah, definitely. Things. Definitely. Well, that's funny because you guys don't know. So Alex and I, we know each other, but like we've never actually met in person. We text and we talk about things that are important that are going on. Like, hey, what do you think of this or that? Yeah. Like when something's truly big that's happening, like when Chat GPT came out, we, him and I were talking because I, I wanted to get your take on it because like yeah. it was so, so huge to think about. So when these big, huge things, I like to get Alex's brain on it because Alex <laughs> has a nice brain. All right. But um, it's girthy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's girthy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, smart people do that with people that are smart, you know? And so, but it, we haven't got to sit down and talk about the actual story. Yeah. But what was funny was this was probably just like what, in November or whatever, when it started yeah. in December. And, and he, we started talking. I'm like, dude, you sold supplements, didn't you? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I could tell. Because <laughs> it was so, like the thinking, like we were talking, we were talking about this before the show actually aired, like how you have to think about product that you're going to sell to someone that they don't actually want but need is a completely mm -hmm. different mind process than selling it something that they want. Like, bro, if I was selling shit that people want, like I would be worth a hundred billion fucking dollars. <laughs> like, but I sell people, I, I, all the shit I sell is shit that people, they need, not want. 
Yeah. And it's just a totally different game. Anyway, I didn't want to interrupt your story. No, I just I'm sitting here thinking there's a lot of parallels there. This yeah. is the same story. How how old are you? 33. Okay, dude, we're te- I'm 10 years older than you. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'll be here in 10 years. No, nah, bro. Um, you you you're fucking doing it. Anyway, sorry. So uh so this guy re- reaches his arm through and he's like, "Here's my credit card." He said, "Run it for $5,000. Tell me what I get later." And I was like, "What the like what? I didn't yeah. like I don't, I don't even, I don't do anything. I'm a gym owner, right? <laughs> so anyways, mind you, I'm not that rich. And so like, you know, every, every, all the money I had would open new locations, et cetera, et cetera. And so I get back home. I put all the business cards into an Excel sheet and I started hitting people back up because that's, you know, I was like, hey, thanks again, you know, whatever. And so this, I had the guy's credit card and I was like, I called him up. I was like, do you really want me to run this for five grand? I was like, because I will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, run it. And I was like, okay. So I swiped it and I'm still on the phone with him. It goes through and he's like, all right, what do I get? And I was like, I don't know yet. I was like, but I promise I'll make you more than five grand. Yeah. That was what I said. Yeah. And so he was like, well, you know what? I've got a gym opening up in DC. Uh, why don't you fly out and just do your launch thing? And I was like, okay, I'll yeah. do that. And I was like, how about this? I'll spend all the money on the launch and I'll get to keep all the upfront sales, but then you get all the customers I sell for free. So like after the six weeks is over, you convert them and I'll show you how to convert them and I'll give you all my plans and all the stuff and you can it's put your logo deal. on it. Right. It was free customers for him. Yeah. And so, um, as soon as I knew I was flying out there, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be there, let me see what else is, is going on. And so this is like unfortunate, but my mom got really sick at the same time and she was in Baltimore. So like they're right next to each mm-hmm. other. And so I was like, shit. So I actually had to go there early. And while I was there, I only had like a couple hours a day of visiting hours. Um, and so I was like losing my mind, just like trying to stay busy. I was like, I have nothing to do. And so I uh, reached out to a friend because I'm from Baltimore. And he was like, hey, my buddy's got a gym and he's sucking wind. <laughs> like, if you want to help him out. So I gave the guy the same pitch. I was like, hey, man, I got nothing to do all day besides my visiting hours. I was like, can I just work your front desk and like sell shit? And he was like, sure. And so uh, in like 14 days or something, I think I made like 60 grand. And I was like, man, I don't have to do with any of the employees. I was like, this is the shit. I was like, I'm all about this. And then I did the, the lunch in DC. And then he referred me his like father-in-law who had a gym or something like that. And so I went to that gym and I did the same thing. And um, I flew back and had this big stack of contracts. And this is just when I met Layla. Like we'd met like within 30 days of this period. And uh, this is like how I convinced her to quit her job. Uh, so I stacked, because I, first date, I proposed to Layla, but I proposed that she quit her job and joined me, not like yeah. proposal, yeah. proposal, but I did yeah. propose her on her first date. I'm like, damn, man, you moving. <laughs> I came in hot, man. And so I, I, every single time we'd see it, I was like, you quit yet? And she was like, no, I just fucking met you. No, I'm not quitting my job. <laughs> and so finally, she picks me up from the airport and, I, and she was like, you're taking me on a date. It's been like, we've hung out like 30 times and you've not taken me on a date. I was like, yes, I did promise that and we will go on a date, but can you do me one thing first? She's like, I was like, I got these contracts. I haven't processed any of them because I'm a sales guy and like, I don't do details, but like I have all the credit cards and I'll show you how to do it. And she's like, fine. So a zillion, you know, two phone books of contracts later, she like rent. She was like, that was like $125,000. I was like, dope, right? And she was yeah. like, is that legal? And I was like, <laughs> was the first question she asked me. I'm still some dude from the internet. She met at a frozen yogurt, you know, like whatever. And um, I was like, yeah, it's legal. And she was like, all right, I'm in. And that was it. And Bro, so she, that's like uh, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, mind you, I was 20, I think I was, 20, I was 26. Yeah, that's 26. crazy. Um, and that was from like a month of sales. So I was like, and that was just like right in my pocket. I was like, this is, I like this. This is way better. So um, I told her, I was like, I want to do this. Like, and all started because that guy 
was like, run five grand, tell me what I get. And yeah. so like, I was like, dude, this makes way more money. Yeah, he forced you into it, dude. He did. Yeah. And so um, anyways, I was like, That's all right. so crazy. It was nuts. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go see if I can get other gyms. Dude, I still had all those numbers from the business, the, the business events. So I start calling all these people up or whatever. And so I, I start booking out like launches. And she's like, all right. So she flies with me. So mind you, now we're living together. It's like 30 days. <laughs> she's living with me in a motel room and I'm teaching her how to like close this stuff. But she was, to be fair, Layla was number one salesman in, in uh, Triangle Square, which is the most popular 24 hour fitness in California. So she was the number one salesman at the most, like, at the most trafficked gym. Like she could close. She got skills. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's why I pitched her on the first day. When she told me that, I was like, if you can sell, I was like, we can make a shitload of money. Yeah. That's the first day. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, we start flying out and doing these launches, right? And so she gets all of her uh, friends to quit her, quit their job. And uh, this is where the story goes wrong. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I don't want to split my attention. I've got these five gyms. And um, so I sold those gyms. And that first guy did the $5,000 thing. It was like, hey, man, um, I think you're leaving a lot of money on the table because you're like literally launching these gyms and you have no equity in these businesses. He's like, I'm a really good operator. He's like, I'll come behind you and I'll just like, staff them up so you just you fill them i'll staff them and you just do the next one he's like we can open like two gyms a month and mind you because we didn't have to put any like real capital mm -hmm. down because we could we could front it or whatever right. i was like all right cool let's do it and Layla was like i thought we were doing i was like oh yeah change the plans even though you quit your job it's all good <laughs> right <laughs> Layla's tough yeah um and so so i do this we go to this i sign this lease he's like hey I've got bad financials, so like you're gonna have to personally guarantee it. I was like, sure, no problem. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, in the build out, you know, you'll yeah, so that, all didn't, that. that wasn't a red flag of you at that yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, well, I'll tell you, yeah, yeah. And so uh, you already know where it's gone. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had a couple of those. Yeah. So I took <laughs> I the cash too, because I've seen a thing or two. Yeah. yeah. So I took the cash, put all of it into the now the new account because I that's what I thought you did. I sold them, and so I was like, oh yeah, well he's he's my partner in this. Yeah, thing. makes sense, right? I already know. Yep. And so uh, <laughs> I sell my ass off at this next launch because i'm like stoked i got rid of the five gyms that i had i felt like free like i had backpack you know like mm. me and me and my voice and just like go collecting credit cards so 376 people in six weeks which is a lot uh like 600 pop right and so there's cash from my sale and the cash from this to like launch this gym wake up one morning all the cash is gone and i was like oh fuck and i was like what um what happened here and he was like I took my half and I was like, what? Hmm? He was like, I know you've been skimming. And I was like, I put the money, skim for myself. Like what? And so I was like, so I've never been accused of stealing ever in my entire yeah. life. So I was like, I don't even know how to handle this. So I just called a mentor and he's like, print out the bank statements and just go line by line with them. And I was like, that sounds reasonable. I'll do that. Yeah. So I print out the bank statements and I like literally did the whole thing, went one and I, I drove over to where he was. And as soon as I sat down with the thing, he just took it. He was like, I don't need to see need to push it off the table and i was like oh you don't actually think i stole yeah. <laughs> like as soon yeah. as he didn't want to look at the numbers yeah. that was like my oh yeah. shit i'm taking i'm taking the shit and it's taken yeah yeah and so he um he had uh wired the money to his uh girlfriend who lived in sweden um it was it was it was gone into oblivion and he had been indicted for fraud two years before that um shocking now, here's where the here's where the, the silly alex part comes in i already knew that when I started doing oh, business. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it was just a big misunderstanding. And I was like, I believe you. Bro, that's like what a, a good heart does. <laughs> Dude, I've been burned like that same shit. I would want a second. I was like, I, you're not going to ruin for life. You made it, you know, yeah. like it was a misunderstanding. Like it was mm -hmm. a technicality, blah, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, how, how much older was this guy than you? Was I was he in like, his 40s. Yeah. I was 26. Right. Yeah. 
dude, I've been burned so many fucking times <laughs> by that same mentality, that same thing. It's it's the good heart syndrome. Well, man. no, dude, it's the second chance thing. Because like, dude, what it is is like, you you know, like at least for me, like I know that I'm not a perfect person, and I know that I've done a lot of things in my life where had just a certain thing gone in a different way, I would have ended up completely fucking different. Yeah. So when I see people who have like made a mistake or they, you know, served jail time or whatever it is yeah. and they're out and they're doing their thing, I don't really hold it against those people because I say, okay, well, they probably learned a lesson because I would have learned my lesson. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is they didn't learn their lesson. Yeah. yeah. The scorpion and the frog. Yeah. 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 And now you yeah. got to learn the lesson. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, the, I never, I never like, it never really dawned on me that whole saying, like when uh, money meets experience, experience gets the money and the money gets the experience. Mm. Um, mm. but like, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that and I was like, that's what that was. That's exactly what that was. And so now I've got this gym that has payroll trainers lease and there's no cash. And I had just sold my gyms. And I was like, wait, I don't want to operate these gyms. And he's like, well, you got to manage that one now. And I was like, dude, I didn't go from five, five plus one, whatever you want to call this one to, to go back to work in the front. Like, I felt like I had like moved mm -hmm. up. I want to do these launches, whatever. And so. That's crazy because, dude, had that guy not gotten greedy, you know how much fucking money he could have made? Yeah. You know what I'm A saying? <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> and so what ended up happening is um, I basically, whatever savings I didn't put into every, like the vast majority of what I had, I put into there. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't sell anymore, which is the only thing that I'd ever known how to do really, really well. And so I was like, I felt like neutered. Like I had like handcuffs. I was like, mm -hmm. I can't fight back because if I sell more, I have to keep this gym open and I don't want to keep this gym. Mm -hmm. And so I drained my savings every week with payroll and rent and overhead because I couldn't bring new cash in. And all the things were prepayment. So there was no new cash flow at all because that's how the, you know, that's, that's how, how the sales cycle worked, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, it, it went down and in six weeks and I had to, you know, tell everybody like, hey, well, I'm actually closing. They're like, you just launched this gym. What are you talking? Like, it was horrible. Um, and like, it's like Layla, I just gave her my checkbook and I was like, you have to write the checks. Like, I can't, like, it just, it yeah. just it crushed yeah. me. You know what I mean? And so um, basically drained me down to, um, I think I had 20, 20 ish thousand dollars left. So mind you, like I had five, six gyms. I could, I could crank cash if I needed to, like all the way down to 20 something thousand. I was like, and nothing coming in. No. And I just given up four years of my life building the yeah. gyms and I had nothing to show for it. Yeah. Like I had nothing for it after all that, you know, effort sleeping on the floor. I was like for another, yeah. right. Yeah. And so uh, she was like, for, for, for nothing except, all the skills. That's right. <laughs> and so we're now, this is, this is what's going on. There's this launch that I got a guy in San Diego to do. And a guy who had seen me speak at that conference or whatever hit me mm -hmm. up. He's like, dude, do you have any sales work? And I knew he was a pretty good sales guy. And I was like, I got this gym in San Diego. He's like, that's right down the street from me. And this is like a national, like, what are the odds? And I was like, you know what? This might actually help me out because I can like build all the shit I need to be building. You go do that thing. So this was going to be my get out of jail free card. We launched the gym. The guy crushes it. Does a hundred and something thousand in sales. And I was like, fuck yeah. And now I'm sleeping at Layla's parents' house. Which is, yeah. This, this is when she, her parents They're like, where'd you find me. this dude? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, from the internet. He's the guy I put everything and move and live in motels with, dad. Yeah, He's right, a winner. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> dude, this is my first. Yeah. So, oh, man. <laughs> and so it's December now, right? And December of 16. And so he crushes this launch, but I'm like looking at my, 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 my bank account. I was like, where's the fucking deposit? Like a, a Tuesdays were my day. Tuesdays was always the big one because I got all the weekend and then it would all, it would all settle. 
And I was like, where is this deposit? It's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, so I call and Friday's like, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh, we're doing a standard review of your account. And I was like, I've been with you guys five years. Like, I've never had a standard review. Anyways, they're like, just call. You know, it should be fine. Next week is now going into Christmas Eve. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's Christmas Eve now. And I'd called a couple of times. They just gave me the runaround. And I got on and I was like, I am not getting off the phone until you give me the money. Like, I, I need the money to, to pay the sales guy to run my business. And this is the point where Layla had told all of her friends to quit their job. So I have $23,000 left. I owe the sales guy $22,000 in commission. He needed because he had a sob story, new baby, blah, 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 whatever. And I hadn't gotten the money from the sales yet. And so I didn't want to give myself a chance to think about it. And so I wired him $22,000. So I had $1,000 left. This is the 24th, Christmas Eve. Her dad's like, he seems a little stressed. (laughs) (laughs) Supposed to be a joyous event. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So two days later, the 26th of December is is basically when gyms kick off the New Year's sale stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the day after you just start, because it's this dead week where everyone's got time and they feel fat. It's like you crush sales. It doesn't start January 1st. It's because everybody's gonna do it. Yeah. So they're willing to pay for it now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll pay today. I'll start in January. Whatever. And so uh, the campaigns were going to kick off with her six friends being the six sales guys because like, Big Ambition Alex was like, oh, we're going to go from doing one to doing six. Makes sense. Let's do that as the first real thing we do. It was $3,300 a day in hotels, airfare, car, rental, ad spend, et cetera, before commissions. I had $1,000 left. And that was starting 48 hours later because I was expecting to get the money that I never got. I also, by the way, never got that money. Still to this day. Never got the money. Um, Where the fuck did clauses, they go? policy, something. They said they were going to hold on to it for six months because it was a regular. So I was basically running my national launch thing through my local gym. Mm. So like I'm processing stuff in Canada mm-hmm. for a gym out of like, they were right to do it. I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I just thought I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you process money through the POS. Mm-hmm. So like right. I'm running memberships at my gym that has more memberships than like any other gym, but no one's actually there. Anyways. Um, and so we do these we start these launches and we start getting like 60, 80 contracts a day. I have no way to process money. So I'm spending 3,300 a day and I can't make money. I'm just getting all these credit cards, all these contracts, and I have nothing that I can do. So all the way, so this is like the 26th of December, all the way to January 29th, I don't have a processor. Because at this point, if you get kicked off of a processor, it's like, it's like uh, going to jail. I remember that. It's like, a, it were, yeah, it was a big, you get a big black mark. It 100%. was hard to get another one. Yeah. Because there used to only be a few, a few processors. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was hard if you've heard of them. 13, yeah. 14. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and they had all the power. There wasn't any, you know. Yeah. Like, and they were, they didn't care either. No. Yeah. And I was a, like, they're like, fuck you. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Small yeah. business owner. Right. Don't care. And so, um, I yeah, had, but when you get big, it's a different fucking tune. <laughs> you know, now they come in here and suck dicks to get our fucking business. Canada, yeah. that's fine. We'll don't process think, that. Don't think I don't fucking remember, assholes. <laughs> right, Just right. saying. Because I've had to deal with the same shit. It was horrible. And so it's, it's one of these crazy things that as a business you forget about. But like, if you cannot process money, you fuck. Like, there's nothing you can do. And so anyways, I t- talked to everybody I knew and got a porn casino, high risk, whatever guy to take my, take my money, right? So they were going to get like 8% processing fee. And then they had a 10% reserve on top of that. So like 18% of my sales went straight, 10 was held in escrow and then gets deposited six months later on a rolling basis. And then 8% just goes to them for the risk they incur. I was like, whatever, I need the money. So 29th, I process. And he's like, oh, by the way, you only have a $50,000 limit. And I'm like, dude, I need so much more than that. And he was yeah. like, tough. 
I run 50. He's like, oh, but by the way, it's per month. So like February 1st, he's like, you can run another 50. So I ran 50 on January 29th, 50 on February 1st. And that was the 100 for the $3,300 a day that I owed. And I, my, my credit card was at zero. Still was broke, <laughs> but I was at zero. And then got two, three more processors, got them going. And then all of a sudden we're at like, we did like 170 or 180 that next month. And I made like $30,000 in profit. Yeah. And I like looked at it. I was like, I think we got out yeah, of it. We can breathe <laughs> now, yeah. Next month comes, taps me on the shoulder one morning. And I was like, what's up? And she was like, there's a problem. I was like, what do you mean there's a problem? She turns her laptop towards me and there's this like waterfall of negative transactions. She just keeps scrolling as she's talking to me. And I was like, holy shit. And each one of these is like as big as my rent. Because 500, 600 bucks was like yeah. my rent. Yeah. And there's just hundreds of them. And I was like, yeah. I just felt like my stomach drop. And she, I was like, what, what is this? She was like, oh, one of the gym owners told all their, the members that we filled up at that gym to refund and sign up through him for half what we charged. Mm. Because we held the processing risk, which was part of the issue with the first thing. And so- So and, charging you back yeah. at this point. Mm -hmm. mm. And so and this is all my new- High risk processor. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck. Um, and, and so you're just starting to get yeah. some rapport with this right. fucking guy. Yeah. Right. And so another guy, he that guy tells another guy or something. So two gyms do this. Mm. It's 150,000 in refunds. God. That I didn't have. Because I just. No, because you know the one guy fucking calls the other guy and says, hey, this is what we're doing. And so, because we would sell and we'd leave and we'd go to the next gym. Yeah. But they had all the customers. Yeah. And they built the relationship, which is a, a flaw in the model. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I didn't get it yet. Mind you, there were other gyms that were totally cool, really appreciative, awesome, hardworking people. Like, mm -hmm. absolutely. We did 30-something launches. Only two of them had that happen. But yeah. like, They're a big those deal. two were a big deal. Yeah. They were all my profit. And so I'm like, how the fuck am I going to come up with 150 grand in profit, not revenue, in the next 30 days? And so Layla, being the smart woman that she is, took all of her personal training clients and brought them online when she came with me to do this flying around the country thing. And she's making like three or 4,000 a month. And I was like, wait, tell me more about that thing you do. And she was like, it's all margin. Yeah, I don't work that hard on it. And I was like, okay, you're the business now. I'm going to market and sell it. I'll bring the sales guys in and we're going to push your thing. So in like two days, I write a, sale, a whole sales letter. We white label everything to queen transformation. And we start running ads and she starts closing in a thousand bucks a day, all profit. And I was like, okay, if we get eight in, we could do 8,000 a day minus ad spend. That's, you know, like I'll be at 150-ish in profit. Like we could do this. Mm -hmm. And so we start doing that. So I'm going to call all the guys that all the gyms that were supposed to launch the next month. So we had, I think, eight gyms that were supposed to launch the next, the next, you know, the next month. And um, I get on the phone with the first guy. And I was like, hey, I'm getting out of the business. I'm selling straight to, you know, straight to consumer, like new chapter. Sorry. And they didn't really pay me anything because I made my money on the on the sales. Right. And he was like, dude, I just refinanced my house. Like you did this from a buddy of mine. I know you can do it. Like I need your help. Whole thing. And um, finally, I was like, dude. I'm not flying out there. Uh, and he's like, fine. Okay, can you just show me what you did at his place so I can do it here? Um, and I was like, all right, fine. He's like, well, how much? And I remember just knowing he was broke. And so I just picked a really high number, the highest number I could think of, just so he'd just say no and I can mm -hmm. just like move on mm -hmm. with my life because the other thing was working. So I was like $6,000, which I know that sounds ridiculous now, but that was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I get it. who would pay $6,000 yeah. for something, right? Yeah. And he was like, 6K? And I was like, yeah, six thousand dollars yeah. <laughs> US. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, "Oh, done." And I just remember like looking Fuck. at the phone and being like, <laughs> and "You just know you made a shitty ass deal, bro." And I was like, "But I still, I still get goosebumps thinking about it now because I was like, holy shit, six 
thousand and i was like oh what card do you want because like yeah. it's like if you have to think about it you don't yeah. know it well enough yeah. like i was already asking for the credit card but like my head was like what just happened yeah right? hmm. and so then i was like shit i got seven more guys to call so i called the yeah. next guy and i was like well now i gotta make this damn thing right yeah. then i just promised this guy same conversation how much and i was like eight grand and he was like done and i was like next call same thing 10 grand done next thing next call same this thing. is just to grand. teach them how to do with so yeah i was gonna license in my whole thing so i was like yeah. you'll use my ad so like we don't have to test shit like it's a video of it me works doing yeah. yeah like every like the whole thing and i'd already built 80 percent of it because it was my internal training like how i train my sales like all the sales yeah. training was done all yeah. the nutrition all the stuff was done the only thing that wasn't to them was how i ran the ads and the landing pages that was the only thing that was like missing that i had to build so anyways in one day i did sixty thousand dollars like cash collected selling air and Layla had been on the phone all day closing because she's still closing the weight loss mm -hmm. thing. Like she's trying to like give us food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, she comes in and I was like, hey, babe, um, was that a sale? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. I was like, um, I, I think we might have had a change in direction. And she was like, what are you talking like? And mind you, think about how what she's been through. This yeah, is this, you've already yeah. gone. We're here, 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 yeah. here. Right. She's like, she's like, that's again. And I was like, I think we're still in the gym business. I was like, I think I was just doing it wrong. And she was like, what do you mean? And I like told her and she was like, well, is this what we're going to do now? And I was like, I guess so. I was like, it made a lot more money than the other thing. And I was like, I think we could cover all the refunds with this. And she's like, well, how are you going to get gyms? I was like, well, I have 30 something gyms. We already did the turnarounds. I'll call those guys up. They know what it works. And so that's what I did. And so I called all those guys up and uh, sold almost all of them into the thing. We did like 300,000 like in profit. Like the, or was, I think it was 215. I remember that was 215 that next month. And I covered all the, all the chargebacks, all the refunds, everything. And um, what happened now is that all those gyms that I did the turnaround thing with, they ran the play and the average amount of cash they collected, new cash in the first 30 days of using the system was $30,000. So context- That's the average. That was the average. Yeah. So for context, for everyone's listening, the average micro gym owner, like, so that CrossFit guy down the street, he's probably broke that you know, or that boot camp owner, like I'm telling you right They're now, he's, he's, yeah. yeah. The average owner takes home $36,000 a year, net income. And they work 80 hours a week plus. You know what I mean? Like it's less than minimum. Like it's, yeah. Anyhow. So for them, this was life-changing money, right? And that was the next month they could do the play again. You could relaunch your gym. The problem that they started running into is they're like, dude, my gym's full. I want to sell more people, but my gym's full. And I was like, that's why I started a launch and go model. Because I had, I was, I had more ability. I had more firepower to sell in market than I had a square footage to sell into. Mm -hmm. And so um, from there, because it's a tight-knit community for micro gym owners. And then the word of mouth just took off like wildfire. We did 300, 480, 780, a million, one, two, one, five, uh, one, eight, two, two, three, two, five. That was, that was per month, the next, like each month. Like I can still remember it. And we finished that year that like, it, which was really just the half of the year. Uh, Cause remember it was like January. I'm still doing the launches thing that got all fucked up. So like June-ish is when that we switched the licensing. So we finished that year at 6.8 with 3 million in profit. And the next full calendar year we did after that was 26 million top line, 17 million in EBITDA. Yeah. And it was just like, I. You know what's crazy, dude? Nuts. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what, you know what I hear when I hear this? And I, cause obviously I'm thinking like, as you speak, I'm thinking like, dude, you talking about like the credit card processing, like we've had those issues, the same, all of that shit. But dude, the main theme I think that people need to pull from what you just said for you guys that are out there and, and, and you tell me what you think, but I know this, my best shit comes when I, my back is against the fucking wall, bro. Like, like 
the ability to somehow my brain, I, I'm sure yours must work the same way. When shit is really fucking bad, that's where the brilliance comes out. And, uh, you know, sometimes it takes that pressure, man. Sometimes it takes that real pressure to really think and, and also push us into the positions that we're meant to be in. Yeah. You know, I, that's an incredible story. Dude. I mean, one thing that I got a lot of, you, you, just, you just kept showing up. Like you just don't fucking stop. You just don't well, quit. Bro, yeah, when you got to pay back 150 fucking grand. Like, what do you do? Uh, you got to show the fuck yeah. up and figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, like at that level, that, that ruined your life. Yeah. That'll ruin your whole life. I'm even thinking of it from yeah. the standpoint, like I have to keep reminding myself while you're talking. I'm like, he's fuck, he was fucking 26. Yeah. 26. Mm -hmm. He's 26. Mm -hmm. Like, and thinking like, you know, the day and age that we're in right now in society, I can't think of another 26-year-old that would fucking be able to do it. I can't think of a 36 year old that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, listen, what separates that mentality from just not fucking quitting? What, what, what is the separator? I have two cents on it. Yeah, um, go ahead. Just for the record, I do think that there are some savages out there. Yeah, who, who, I agree. Who, 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 who yeah. would murder it. But you just, you just don't, you don't really recognize. Look, dude, nobody knew who Alex Hermosi was when he was doing Alex Hermosi building Alex Hermosi. Nobody mm. fucking knew. Mm. Nobody knew who Andy Priscilla was when he was learning this shit. Like, nobody fucking knew. There's plenty of people out there right now that are fucking, especially with the technology that we have, that are 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old that are fucking savage motherfuckers. And dude, this is why I go so hard on the technology. I'm like, dude, do not get yourself funneled into a one trick pony where, you know, because what you've done well, and this is, this is a, a very, this, you're the example of, the, of what I try to tell these young, these young bucks is like, look, dude. You, yes, you know, Facebook ads. Yes, you know, e-com. Yes, you know, that's a tool. That's yeah. not the brand. Yeah. Mm. And, and if you can, like what Alex has done is leveraged his one tool into many skill sets into branding that now he's doing, and we're going to get to that, yeah. now doing amazing shit with. But dude, uh, I love hearing that story. <laughs> I fucking love it because it's very, very parallel, dude. It's yeah. very parallel, man. I think a lot of times the, because... It depends who you talk to, but sometimes people talk about how like the hard times build you. And I, I, I'm not sure if I totally agree. I think a lot of times the hard times reveal you. Mm. Like I think a lot of people have that savage that's inside and they mm. just haven't had the environment to, to, to pull it out. To pull it out. Yeah. And then give themselves evidence that it's there. Yeah. But like to your point, we were saying earlier, um, like I knew just on like whatever, whatever the level that is that like, mm. I didn't know when I would be successful, but I did know that I wasn't going to stop. And mm -hmm. like, I feel like, and that, I don't know if that, if, if that comes off the way. Take it, it away. Conscious I mean it. No, I think that's the <laughs> truth. You know, I, like, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I just knew, I, like, I was like, I, I just know that I won't stop. Dude, like, when, that I can commit to. I was I, like, I just won't stop. When I was growing up, dude, like when, when you were growing up, like as a kid, were you ambitious around like making money and stuff? Like, entrepreneurial minded no really really but what i did want to do is make my dad proud yeah and so that was my you know driving force and then you know i won't i won't get into the the the, the nitty-gritty but basically like i think you either have to have a really big carrot which everyone talks about like finding your passion or whatever and like mm -hmm. i actually am pretty against it um and I'll, I'll make my point in a second but like i think that most people who are like in the beginning of the game, like you don't have a passion yet. Most of you, like most people are like, man, I just love this one thing. But everybody has shitloads of pain. Like that, like a lot mm -hmm. of people like, can't find passion. It's like, can you find pain? And they're mm -hmm. like, yep, I got lots of that. I got anger, I got shame, I got pain, whatever it is. 
I'm like, cool. Well, the first rule of entrepreneurship is use what you got. And so like, if that's what you got, then burn that. Yeah. Like you don't need to necessarily find this passion, like this beautiful carrot. Cause that to me, that's not what got me going. That's not like, what got me going. What was either. the mission of gym launch? Yeah. Don't be broke, Alex. That was the mission of gym. Like people were like, what was the big vision? I was like, I had no vision. Yeah. It was like, don't fucking lose all my money. Like that was the whole vision. Yeah. And so um, all that, all that to say, like for me, I think it was like a, a, away from fear, which is mm. like, I, I was, I knew like in my bones that I would rather die than go back home if like failed. And then have to like basically do whatever. It's I knew zero that, option mentality. It's yeah, zero my, options. My dad, I, just, I knew that like it was the hardest thing for me to leave home uh, because like my dad had a lot of influence. And I say this in not a bad way. Like he just wanted what was best for me. It's a strong Middle Eastern father. I had no siblings, basically no mom. So it's just me and him. And so like imagine all of the authority power that you have in your life and all the love that you have for your siblings which is just with one person. Mm -hmm. So like his opinion mattered a lot to me. And he did not want me to do this. Mm -hmm. And so like I defied him to go do this gym thing. And you I was afraid, work. which is why yeah. I left and didn't tell him until I was already mm -hmm. physically gone, mm -hmm. um, which obviously he wasn't happy about. And like that kind of put a little bit of a rift in our relationship for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I just was like, I won't, I just like, I don't want to prove him right. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to let him be right about this. Like, yeah. I will just keep fucking going. And I almost was happy if we didn't talk because I was like, it just gives me more time to keep doing it. Like, I didn't yeah. want to update him because I was fucking sucking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, losing yeah. money. <laughs> Bro, I agree with you, dude. Like, I think there's, I, yeah. I, I think, and this is, you know, I caught a lot of heat about this for a long time until people figured out who I was. But like, you know, when I started making content, like they got recognized back in like 2015, everybody thought I was fucking insane because I would talk about like the dark side, right? Yeah. Like, dude, like, listen, I'm going to shove it down your fucking throat. Like, that's what the fuck I'm going to do. And I'm going to no. fucking do that forever. Like, and I still, I'm still that way. Like, I just don't talk about it that way anymore. Like now when I see someone say, oh, you're not, you're crazy. Like, you're not going to build the next Nike. You're going to, motherfucker, just sit there and watch like you've been watching for the last 20 fucking years. Give me another 20 and we'll see where the fuck I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I have no problem with that. And I feel like the use what you got is what's gotten me here. Yeah. You know, now I do feel like when you get to a point of where you have to, you have to manage many humans, yeah. uh, hundreds of humans, thousands of humans, there has to be a, there has to be a mission and a yeah. purpose to motivate and, and propel people in that direction. Like if I walked into my, my <laughs> meeting and I said, motherfucker, we're gonna fucking crush everybody. Yeah. And like, that was it. Like everybody's like, yeah, but like who? Like yeah. where, <laughs> how, yeah. right? Like, so, you when? know, yeah. And I do feel like there's a, I feel like, you know, there's a point to where that transitions, right? 100%. But, but dude, I totally agree. And I agree with the, uh, with your perspective on, on the on the revealing too. I think there's a little of both there. I yeah. think the hard times definitely, uh, like dude, that whole time, right? Yeah. That did build you, bro. Because right. like, look at all the reps and all the skills yeah, you learned, sure, right? That, that yeah, you've yeah. carried through. Yeah, yeah. And I, I bet, you know, you probably learned more during that time than probably any other time. Yeah. Um, I know for me, that was true. You know, I learned more the first 12 or 13 years I was in business where I really got my ass beat. Uh, than I've learned in the last, yeah. you know, uh, 12 or 13. Um, but I do think that's true, dude. I do think a lot of people don't put themselves in a position to ever truly know what they're actually capable of. Yeah, they quit too early. Well, or, or they're just too, too afraid of the discomfort. Mm. You know, like, like I think people uh, tend to look at risks 
the wrong way. Like a lot of people say, well, what's going to happen if I do this? And I think the question really is, what's going to happen if I don't do this? I've always thought that way. That's how I always think. Like yeah. if I get a big idea in my head that I think needs to happen and it scares me, my question is never like, what am I going to lose if I go after it? It's what's going to happen to me if I don't do it. It's always been that way. But I think I there's it. way, I think you look at it both ways. Yeah. You know, that entire story is so, it's just so relatable to, to, to what I've been through to be where we are. It's just, it's fucking cool to sit here and listen to it. I uh, want to, did, did the guy, so the, the, the first, the older gentleman that fucked yeah. you, did he, like, whatever happened to him? Nothing. No, he's just, he just out, he's I think out he just there. continues to do what he did then. Yeah, bro. Sometimes you you got to chalk those things up too, dude. Like, cause like you got to just chalk, like, cause I've been burned like that too. Yeah. And you know, real talk, like, I'm not gonna say what I was, yeah. what I was about to say, cause like those people don't get away from me. Hmm. So, but uh, but the, you can't let it eat you up, man. You can't let it fucking eat you up. You got to look at it as what did yeah. I learn? Yeah. And uh, when you when that when you fucking <laughs> when you said uh, I I I I forgot what you said exactly, but you said something about him not or doing this in the past or yeah. something. Like I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You knew it. It was like, of course, dude. yeah. Fuck, it's brutal. People are brutal, dude. Yeah, they don't give a fuck, especially when there's large sums of money involved or perceived large yeah. sums of money. You know, and you can tell a lot about people too, what they, how they judge large sums of money. Like that guy's a fucking idiot because had he fucking, had he stuck with Alex, this guy would be worth a hundred fucking million dollars right now or more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or way more. So anyway, so what happened after this? And to that point, you know, I had a, a, a mentor that I was just kind of like t talking my life through at this point, which was like in shambles. Um, and he was like, all you do is do right by everyone. He's like, and then he's like, the only way you can walk out of this is by knowing that you don't have any strings in the back of your mind of like something's going to come back. He's like, you have to write every one of those refund checks. You have to write, you handle every chargeback. He's like, pay every debtor or whatever, you know, like every, everybody you owe. He's like, he's like, cause then you'll walk out clean. He's like, it's the only way you can, you can, you can get out of it. And so I, that's, that's what we did during that. That's when I, you know, gave Layla the checkbook and all that kind of stuff. And then I had a, a different mentor who was actually my high school. I was 15 years old, but it was always just yeah. like less than he, because so I was like, I, I, I'm sure like many of us, like when you're younger, you're a little angrier, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I just get really uh, pent up about some guys who I just thought were like douchebags to me. And I was like, man, I can't wait to come back for our 10 year high school reunion. I was like, I'm going to show them like blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, you're not. Yeah. He's like, if you go up to somebody at a 10 year high school reunion and you say like, look what I've done, motherfucker. He's like, they're going to be won. like, you've been thinking about me this whole time. Yeah. He's like, he's like, just remember this. He's like, success is the only revenge. That's right. And like, he's like, and all you do, he's like, is you just become bigger than them. He's yeah. like, so that who they are in reference to you shrinks into irrelevance. Yeah. He's like, so you don't, he's like, you don't crush them. He's like, you shrink them in comparison to you. That's right. And that was like, that, like whenever I had like That's these hard, advice. hard situations, like with that, you know, with that mm -hmm. gentleman, uh, like the goal was like, I'll just be so big that he will become irrelevant. Yeah. And so I, that's at least how, how I handled that. Well, dude, I, I feel like. It's funny that you bring this up. I just had a couple buddies over at my house a couple nights ago, um, and DJ was there, and we got to talking about this. These are two dudes that are pretty successful guys, and we started talking about. I have a theory about this, and this is my theory. It goes along with like what your mentor said to you about doing the right thing. I feel like that. Yes, 
when you do the right thing, I feel like you continue to win and you continue to grow. But that doesn't mean that all the things that happen during that don't hurt and don't yeah. fucking like fuck with you. And, um, but what I, in my case, in my, in my life, in my experience is that even when, cause dude, like usually what's weird from in my experience is that it's been the people that I've done the most for, or the extra things for that have come back to fuck me. And, um, that really hurts. Like yeah. that really fucks you up, dude. Because like when you're trying to do extra shit and you're trying to help people or you're trying to like, you know, give people a hand or break or, fu- you know, put people on a, on a faster path. Um, nearly a hundred percent of the time in my life, it's come back in some sort of way to hurt me. Um, whether it be, you know, they try to drag my name through the mud or some bullshit, right? It's never them. It's, yeah. it's fucking always, you know, everybody else, which is the reason they're in the situation, the need for help in the first place. This is why I've started to recognize that saving people from themselves is not actually the ethical move. The ethical move is to let them fucking learn their lesson so they don't repeat the lesson over and over and over. And, um, but I do, I do believe that when you treat people right and you do the right things, that eventually you, not eventually, I believe you consistently continue to win and those people do, they shrink and they go away and you'll talk about them, you know, three or four years or five years or 10 years or whatever it is once in a while, because they'll remind you of all the good shit that they actually taught you, you know? And that's something that a lot of you guys should really think about because a lot of people that are in business, you know, getting your, getting taken advantage of when you have financial means is a real thing. It's a real thing that happens and people target people like that. And when you have a big heart like you do and I do, it's easier to be taken advantage of because the, the, the pain that we have to feel to help them in a massive way is not very much by relative, right? Like someone needs five grand, five grand doesn't hurt me, dude. Yeah. And changes their life. But those people quickly forget what the fuck you did for them. And then they expect it. And that seems to be the scenario in society these days. And uh, we were just talking about, I was telling them when we stepped out, how we were just talking about this at the house the other night about like, I'm like, dude, you know, like for me where I'm at, and this is real shit. Like this is, I mean this, I'm not really interested anymore in going through that process of like developing a, like more of a circle, like, um, I think you and I were the ones talking like the six month probation period, yeah, right? right? Yeah. Uh, you know that you know, and what Alex and I were talking about. You tell them your your how you do it. Um, well, just like you, you're like we'll see how things go. Yeah, I mean that's the, basically <laughs> the long, for like yeah. six months. We were yeah. talking. It's like, dude, as long as no one like violates the trust or like <laughs> ask you for shit, then they can like you could start to build a friendship. Yeah, because dude, a lot of people come along, and you know they get. I guess, hot and heavy with friendship very quickly. Yeah. And then you find out that there's a reason for it. Yeah. And it's not because they want to be your friend. And unfortunately, this is a reality of becoming a successful person. But one of the things that, that I think you should understand, because a lot of you guys, you know, you get that first person that takes advantage of you or that first person that does you wrong. What, what I think you should realize is, is A, you know, you just heard Alex talk about how he got fucked over by multiple different people, but those things forced him to learn all of these skills. And in the process of going down this with good faith, 
He was able to develop his sales skills. He was able to develop personal skills. He was able to develop his creative thinking skills and become much more successful because of it. So whoever, whatever it is you're dealing with out there, remember there's a lesson in it. And uh, also remember that if you continue to do good and you continue to do, do right, um, I believe that those people win. I, like all the people I know that I'm friends with that are big winners financially, they, they are people who go above and beyond for people all the time and usually end up getting fucked over a lot, but they continue to do it. And I, believe, I don't know if it's like karma or the universe or what it is, but somehow you keep being rewarded when you live like that. Even though it's painful, yeah. it's a painful way to live because it would be easier to say, fuck everybody. Yeah. I'm not giving you shit. <laughs> You know, but dude, I still, even though I've been fucked over so many times, I still give when I see opportunities to fucking help. I have so many thoughts on, on this. Yeah. It's so a, like if, if you think about like people understand video games. So it's like if you were to make, if you're playing a video game and the, the way to win the game was to be make the most successful character, right? You would have probably a really character driven human being in terms of like they'd be patient, you know, they, they'd be hardworking. They, like you think about all these traits that they would have, right? Mm -hmm. They'd probably be tough emotionally, like, et cetera. All right, cool. That's the character. And that's the person who's going to be really successful. We can all come pr probably agree on that. Okay. How do you create someone who's patient? How do you create someone who's tough? How do you create someone who, right. So all of a sudden, if we had to then in engineer the game in order to boost those points, we'd have to get them beat up a lot so that they could get tough. That's we'd right. have to make them wait a long time so they could become patient. That's right. And so to the point that you made about like these people who become really successful have these traits and also share the fact that they've been through all this shit. It's like, well, they got the trait from the shit and then the trait was the ultimate output of the experience and that trait then made them super successful that they didn't have earlier because like you know what's crazy if you yeah. really think about that and break yeah. it down every time you do get fucked over you yeah. actually end up being the person that won yeah on a long enough time horizon yeah. you end like the person with the highest character wins on the longer on the longer time horizon um but on, on game theory, they've studied this in terms of givers, givers, matchers, takers. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but basically a matcher is somebody who's like tit for tat. You, you do something for me, I do something for you. You've got takers who just always want to take from everybody yeah. and you've got givers, right? And so they like basically like adjusted how much giving versus taking like a bot had in an exchange and just played it out. And the perfect amount of give to take is an eight out of 10 giving to take ratio. So like if 10 out of 10 giving is like you're a social worker, you get walked all over, like you never, yeah. you never draw the line. Mm -hmm. The one at the one takers who just take for everybody, they win really quickly and then they but lose not very long. because right. they, they screw everyone over. They can't create any long term. They don't mm -hmm. get the compounding effect of doing business over and over and over again with people. The and the matchers and takers together never get the opportunities that the givers get because the givers give first. And so there's so many more doors that get open from an opportunity perspective by giving first. Yeah. And so like a lot of like in the tech world, they talk about um, surface area of luck. So like people are like, ah, like that guy got lucky. You can actively increase the surface area, or the likelihood that you become lucky by giving to more people. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden more doors are open because you knocked first. Yeah, it's practical. Right. It's really 100%. practical. Yeah. And so like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I love a lot that, of thought on that. Yeah. <laughs> that well, you know, and, and, and it, it's an incredibly painful way to go through life, dude, because like, yeah. I'd be, I'd be real. Like at this point where I'm at, like I was, this is what I was getting at. Is like, I'm not interested in going through the, uh, I'm like the new network of, and then trying to figure out like who the fuck is who, like yeah. 
who who's who's the giver who's the taker who's the piece of shit like <laughs> i don't want to do that anymore like i'm not interested in it and a lot of people get upset with me because i don't really let people around yeah. me they but dude you, you got to understand i've been doing this for 24 years this exact thing i've been getting my ass beat by motherfuckers that pretend to be my friend over and over and over again and i'm just over it like now i just don't let people in it's just what the fuck it is like if you're my friend now you're my fucking friend these dudes here these are my fucking friends you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a couple dudes from the internet that I, t you know, you and I know who they yeah. are. Yeah. Those are my friends. Outside of that, it's my brother, it's yeah. my dad, it's my wife, and that's fucking it. That's fucking it, man. I, Logic has a famous clip uh, where he was talking about how he stays out of trouble, and he's like, "Here's it is, real simple. Uh, I don't fuck with anybody. I don't fuck with anybody, and I mean it. I don't fuck with anybody. Like throw that shit in the show. It's a great clip. I actually have it. I'll send it to you, Joe, because I remember I I watch it a lot, and he's like, I'm not playing. I fucking stay at home. I play with my dog. Yeah. I have my girl over and that's fucking it. I don't fuck with anybody. And I'm like, do you feel like it's getting, I don't want to say harder, but you have to work harder to stay quote unquote normal as you're kind of. A no, no, almost? because I don't fuck with nobody. Yeah. I don't fuck with nobody like at all. Nobody. So it's very simple. I, I stay at my house and it's just me my homies, my fiance, my, my little puppy. I just got, and I don't fuck with nobody. I don't go anywhere. I don't go to parties. I barely go outside. Like literally. I really don't go outside that much just because I don't, I don't fuck with nobody. That's a smart dude right there. <laughs> yeah. It's a smart dude. And uh, anyway, I love that whole, that whole take you have on it because that really helps me. That helps me to see that it is practical. It's not just this emotional beating that I take over yeah. and over. People give the most value win the most in the long yeah. run. It's just that they have to go through. And like, that's where those, those two theories kind of like coincide where yeah. it's like, you've got the character traits that create the success. But the math behind it is like you just increase the surface area of your luck by giving to more people. Yeah. And in so doing, let's say if you give to 10 and you get screwed by two, you get, let's say the, the matcher was going to get five of those opportunities. It's just that those extra three opportunities where you didn't get fucked, mm -hmm. that over years and years and years, that's the thing that compounds and then just makes you unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But people are afraid of getting, people are afraid of getting taken advantage of. Or the first they, time they do right. it, they just quit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. The first time it happens, it's, it's, it's a price. It's. It's the cost of the admission. Ticket. Yeah, it's yeah, the ticket. That's right, dude. It really is. And also, um, a word of advice is that if you are one of these people that helps a lot of people, um, and then you happen to get your name drugged through the mud for any reason, uh, don't expect them to stand up for you because they won't. Uh, and I've, I've yet, the only theory that I've been able to come up with on this, because I, it happens to me once in a while, by once a year, fucking once every two years, somebody fucking drags my name through the fucking mud. And all the fucking cockroaches come out. But yet none of the fucking people that I've actually done good shit say a motherfucking word about it. And I figured out why. The reason why is because they're embarrassed they needed the help in the first place. And they don't want to expose themselves for having needed the help that you actually uh, offered them. Which I think is fucked up. I think that's fucked up. I think if people yeah. do good shit for you and you see people fucking dragging that person's name, you should fucking tell people what the fuck they did. And be like, you know, you think whatever the fuck you want, but this is what actually happened. And that's just my two cents on that because yeah. it gets fucking annoying. But whatever, dude. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> I'm just saying, think, like, no, dude, good. it's like doing the right thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. when people are good to you, tell people that they're good people. Yeah. When people aren't good to you, you know, fucking it is what it is. Don't do shit with them anymore. But like the common decency, and I think a lot of it has to do with the internet. Like, everybody's protective of their brand now. Like, motherfucker, yeah. most of y'all don't have a brand. Like, you really don't. You got a fuck couple thousand followers. You think you got a personal brand. Nobody knows who the fuck you are and nobody cares who you are. 
So yeah. like, dude, do the right thing and actually stick up for people or tell people the truth or this or that. And the reality is those people will continue to look out for you. Like it's, it's very simple. And most people will also forget, like, let's say somebody got, came out of the woodwork and was like, no man, Andy helped me out when yeah, I like, yeah. really needed it. Yeah. Andy will remember. Everyone else will forget about the instance anyways. Yeah. But you get, like, it's like the evening, the score. Like, I don't like to owe people shit. Yeah, I don't um, either. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't owe motherfucker anything. There is not right. a motherfucker listening to this fucking show. There is not a motherfucker on this planet that come to me right now and say I owe them a shit of fucking anything. Well, you had the one guy who <laughs> said you, uh, who said you, uh, he, long, he gave you, uh, what, like 60 grand or something? Came to the lobby, you remember that guy? Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's different. Oh, dude. Yeah, I had a guy show up here who, uh, and by the way, I felt bad for him. I did. Yeah. I felt bad for him too. Uh, hey, dumbasses, uh, <laughs> realize that I'm not soliciting you for fucking Bitcoin. Or I don't oh, even God. do. I don't even Dude, do this bad. shit. Uh, it was bad. I run real companies with real employees, and we do real shit in real life. Like, I will never solicit an investment from you. You will never get a DM from me asking you to fucking go in on this deal. I don't. That's not what I do. We had this guy, this poor guy, dude. He, and he, yeah. he, he, dude, it, it made me feel terrible. Yeah. He shows up here one day, dude. And he's like, yeah, man, like somebody pretended he knew that at yeah. this point, like somebody scammed him. And he's like, somebody pretended to be you and took 80 grand from me, bro. It's all yeah. I fucking had. Yeah. And like, I, like it was the most, it was the saddest, most awkward shit that I'd yeah. ever been a part of. Cause I'm like, dude, like, do you really think like I'm, and we're standing yeah. in this yeah. building <laughs> and I'm like, dude, do you really think? Like, look around here. Like, do you think I'm asking people for fucking money, dude? Like, I'm yeah. not soliciting money, yeah. dude. And um, he's like, well, it makes sense now, but I just wanted yeah. to believe it. So, like, for any of you guys to get those messages, bro, know that those people are full of shit because I don't even do that. I don't even communicate with DMs outside of, like, five people. So, I mean, it was sad, dude. And that goes double for anyone who's listening from my audience. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> because we're, we're, we invest. Yeah. And so, it's like, even, so we have hundreds of accounts that are like, I've got a deal or like, Hey, I'm doing this yeah. crypto trade or this Forex yeah. thing. And I'm like, guys, yeah. Like, so we get, we get it all the time. So I'm not damning you just FYI. Yeah. Never. Me neither. <laughs> I'm not, if you get six Hormozies or six Andes that automatically follow you when you follow us, like it's not us. <laughs> yeah. It's not man. It's sad. Yeah. Dude. It makes me, it made me sad as fuck. Cause I could, this dude was like really fucked up over it. Like yeah. you could tell it was like his Everything. whole, yeah. It made me, it, I still feel bad. Yeah. About it. it just makes me feel, dude, this is like, this is my whole bias against Instagram and Facebook and the internet. As much as I love the tools that we have both yeah. used and utilized, the fucking dark side of it is just so shitty, dude. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking predatory and, and disgusting. But that's a whole nother story. Yeah. We could talk about that for a fucking day. But, um, yeah, man, I like that. So, so how, did you get, how did you get into uh, where you're at now? Yeah. So, um, so... After, you know, Jim Lynch had, uh, you know, started scaling up. Um, then we started a supplement company, Prestige Labs. Mm. And the exchange that I had with you, which I really do want to hit on, even though your audience has probably heard it, I want to tell how it no, impacted me. Yeah. Um, Prestige Labs was our supplement company that we sold through that distribution base of gyms. So yeah. at that point, I think we, I think, I think at that point, I think we had just like just under 2,000 gyms that had licensed the stuff. Now it's like 5,000 plus. But at that point, we launched it in 2019. And then in 2020, we launched our software that basically just worked gyms for brick and mortar businesses. Mm -hmm. Originally, it was for gyms. 
Um, but we realized it actually worked for any any kind of service business yeah. like hair salon, whatever. Yeah, any kind of foot traffic business. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of the 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 two kind of spinoff businesses that we had uh, from Gym Launch uh, in 2021. We sold uh, all three of those businesses. So Prestige Labs and Gym Launch we sold together to American Pacific Group, which is a private equity firm out of uh, San Francisco, and then um, sold that for uh, 46.2 million. We still have two. Um, 33% of the company. Um, and then the software, we did an all stock deal with a much bigger strategic mm -hmm. partner. We had mm -hmm. a better monetization system than them, but they had a way bigger distribution base. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're fixing to sell it in like, you know, three or four or five years. Yeah. So you still 33 on that? No, I, I have 33. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. two thirds. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's good though. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, your, your second payout is going to be born out of the first one. Yeah, because they're putting a big tech play. They're building a, a yeah. CRM out yeah. and then they're going to own the payment processing for all the gyms. And yeah. that's going to like yeah. murder it. I fucking love it. And that's their playbook. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not that guy. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I am now, but I wasn't then. And so I was like, cool, run that, run that play. I want to do this thing. And that's when uh, in 2020, we started, we did our first kind of like personal investment, which was that photography studio. Uh, it was a single location. Guy somehow made his way on my calendar. Don't do this. Um, and <laughs> I get it. Yeah. And, uh, but like, I could like you know you like you can read a person real like I could tell how he was talking the way he was carrying himself like all the stuff I was like this is a nice guy yeah. he was like I'm so sorry I did this I did like he's like yeah blah 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 he's like but I read your book I did everything that was in the book I took my photography studio from like four hundred grand to one point six million a year like yeah see you see you're willing to give a little bit for guys like that right when he starts yeah, like and, I did and like it. I knew that he wasn't he wasn't pulling it out of his ass yeah. like he, I knew he'd he'd I recognize his name he'd yeah. DM me a couple times of like yeah. thanks so much whatever and so anyways. Turns out he has this uh, photography studio. It's Enchanted Fairies. Um, and I'll tell you the story because I think it's really Enchanted cool. Enchanted Fairies? Yeah. All right. That's Let's give him a plug. Band. Enchanted yeah. Fairies. What's up? <laughs> he had uh, a daughter who got told uh, at school to shut up. And she stopped talking for like months. Holy shit. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was like they tried to, you know, all this different stuff, try and get her to talk, couldn't do it. And so what they did was they um, set up these sets because they're photographers, right? Of how, like, of a storyline where she is the hero of her own story and she finds her voice. That's like kind of like a, and so they made it into a, a picture book and read it to her every night. She started talking again. And so I was like, wow, that's really cool because like kids, like everybody, yeah. stories are what influence the way we see the world. Yeah. And so they had a visual, but it was like not just any story. It was a story with her pictures of her being the hero. Yeah. And they donate a third that, of their profit to charity every year towards kids. Like they're yeah. like good people. Yeah. And so anyways, he told me this whole thing and I was like, yeah, like, um, yeah, I'm in like what, you know, how can I help? Right. And so, um, we invest in the company and now we have 38 locations, um, That's fucking you know, awesome, 30 man. months later. And, um, so yeah. 30, so, so one location Yeah. and how many months, 38 months, 38 Thir locations. We Thir had, I think it's been 30 months. So it was June of 2020. So whatever that is until now. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I so, like, that, that guy's went holding well. on to his fucking hat. What? I said, he's holding on to his hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's been, it's like seeing, building that with them has been so cool and yeah. awesome. And then we're like, man, uh, let's do another one of those. So, we did, we did two more deals that year. Um, and both of those went really, really well yeah. um, to the same degree of growth as kind of that one did. And so, that's why this is the topic I thought would be, uh, there's two different ways. One, I want to talk about the Prestige Labs thing because I learned a ton from you about all the things I did wrong. I think it'd be useful for the audience. Um, but uh, in terms of the reason we ended up selling was because I enjoyed that so much. Um, and I, 
you probably maybe you probably have more patience than I do because I I felt like I'd been in the gym industry for a decade and yeah. I was like I'm just I don't want to be the gym guy. No, that I was get my it. thing. I don't I want get to be it. the gym. You guy. know what keeps me here, dude? It's yeah. it's the it was the per perspective switch. It was where, yeah. when I went from so like dude, I it's happened for me in 2014 when I went from someone who was trying to become wealthy, which at this point I was at, at that time, um, to someone who was trying to help our own team and yep. our own people. Like it became mission focused. Yep. That's where. Like, dude, I love coming here, bro. Yeah. Like, I love, like, do we have, we have, you know, 10, 12 people a week that walk through here that have lost 100, 200 pounds, changed their whole fucking life. I don't know anywhere else where you can do that. Yeah. You know, and you get to talk to these people and, and dude, I'm here with all these people who, who care about that. Yeah. You know, it's just a cool environment to be around yeah. and I, I fucking love it. And that's what keeps me in it. But I do, I do also thoroughly enjoy the small business phase of growth. Like yeah. going from one yeah. to many. I yeah. fucking love that. Yeah, it's the rocket ride. I miss that shit, dude. Yeah, because that's what, I mean. Yeah, this is a different game than 38X that. Yeah. now. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. over it's maybe not the comparable. Next, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, we, went, we went through the small business. Yeah. We went through the medium business. Now we're learning the large business, which yeah. is cool because I'm learning new. Yeah. I'm learning new things, right? Uh, I never ran a fucking company this big. Yeah. Um, but dude, I'm telling you, man, like my sweet spot is right where, where you're talking about. I fucking yeah. love that shit. I love, I love the helping people go from like, like I got a buddy of mine, Alex Spinoza, who uh, you may recognize him from the internet. He's all over the internet. He's got a, a good personal brand too. Um, he started with us in Arte, uh, you know, 2018 or 19 when we started. Dude, he sent me a, if we go to, if we go to my house later on, I'll show you. But he sent me his millionth dollar that he made. So like you know how most people will say, oh, oh I got that's my cool. first dollar. Yeah. He sent me his millionth dollar. Yeah. And that he made. Yeah. And uh, a note, and I framed it. I got it in my in my uh, lounge in my garage, which is where I spent a lot of my time. Yeah. And then uh, he sent me a he sent me a video message just the other day. Um, it's just so fucking cool, dude. Like this, this, he sent me that dollar a, a while ago. This is a couple of years ago sent me a message the other day. Now this guy, at this point in time, like he's very conservative. He's not yeah. like a guy that makes a million bucks and goes and spends it. Right. But he, you know, he's a car guy like I am. And I know you're not, but, <laughs> but uh, I am. And he sent me this video of this car that he built before, that he built himself. And he was talking about it. And then he's like, and dude, and, and, and then today I bought this and he bought a, a fucking brand new McLaren. Oh, okay. And like, bro, I was just like, this is the fucking shit. Like yeah. this is, this is the shit. This is what I love doing. And whether it's with, you know, changing their life with fitness or weight loss or whether it's economically with entrepreneurship, that's the shit I love. I love that shit. Um, so I'm a little bit jealous about what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah. Seeing, I mean, watching someone's perspective shift around the world, I think whether it, like you said, w you know, weight loss, yeah. even some people were like, you know, religious and they get people into that yeah, yeah. Or, or economically, like when you see, like, I think at the end of the day, like the reason that I fell in love with Layla was that she saw the world the same way as me. And I felt like that was really rare. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, so you see that too, right? Like this guy's a total. And she's like, yeah, yeah, total piece of shit. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. So you see that too. Yeah. I was like, okay. And, oh yeah. They're only doing that. Not because they like you. They're trying to get this up. So she's yeah. like, yeah. And I was yeah. like, I just like, I felt like this huge I, I, weight where I'm like, I felt you're alone. not the only per yeah, yeah, exactly. You know you're not I mean? the only one that thinks like that. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big thing I'm thankful for, for the people that listen to my show. Yeah. Cause I know like, like I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm very aware. <laughs> Like, I'm very fucking aware. Like you guys don't have to remind me. I know. Uh, I live my life this way the whole time I've been alive. Um, but the people who consistently listen to the show and don't like, 
Like they don't think I'm crazy. You know what I'm saying? I fucking love that. It's one of the things I'm most thankful for. That's why I continue to do the show, honestly, because like some of the things aren't fun to talk about. Yeah. You know, coming on here every day and talking about what the fuck is going on with these crazy motherfuckers in the world. Yeah. It wears you out. Yeah. But uh, finding people with that consistent worldview, bro, and that perspective is fucking massive, dude. And to the audience, I mean, just to give you some um, confirmation, like if you if you think differently than your immediate family or your friends or whatever your hometown is like. One, you probably don't want to be normal because if you take what normal means and put it across all aspects of life, it means that you're going to die at 74. You're probably going to be overweight. You're going to you know, be divorced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you're going to not really achieve anything that you want. Like That's normal. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that you would be the odd man out because most people live that life. And so like that was something that gave me a lot of permission to like be me, which was not normal in a mm-hmm. lot of... And that's okay because i mean like ordinary versus extraordinary means that you are not <laughs> and so like if andy's sharing stuff on here that are different beliefs about the world then it would make sense because like if he's in the 0.001 of earning potential then it means that he sees reality differently than you and i think it's the same reason that people who are billionaires can lose it all and then get it right back and the reason that you can't is because you don't see reality clearly hence the name of the show <laughs> You know, I didn't even like, yeah. I didn't even connect, but like, yes, yeah. that's, it's about being a realist. It, it's distortion. Yeah. Right? It's moving the emotion outside of the yeah. facts and making decisions based on the facts. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's a tool that has become less and less and less common yeah. with more and more and more internet and more and more and more, yeah. um, you know, propaganda in terms of, uh, making people believe that their feelings are yeah. what actually matter and right. how you should make decisions in reality. That's yeah. not, especially in business, that's yeah. not going to get you very far. It's going to get you broke. Yeah. So I appreciate that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, thank you for that. I just, I just like, uh, that feeling of loneliness makes you normal in the right rooms. Yeah. Rather yeah, than the dude, room that you're in. Yeah. That's exactly right. Like, dude, you get around people, yeah. you know, you, you know, you know how it is. <laughs> like, like, dude, and that's, that's something for a lot of you guys listening to, like, you may never have been in those rooms, right. like ever. But I'm telling you, like when you, when I go in a room, none of them motherfuckers think I'm crazy. Yeah, it, real talk. They might think I'm I I talk too much, but they don't think I'm crazy. Also, the many losses that you're probably going through right now, if you're in your rocky cutscene, like if you remember that video game thing, it's like, well, then you're just you're tinkering away, you're chiseling away at the character traits that are going to make you successful. Yeah. And in those rooms that Andy's referencing, like I don't know trying to say this the right way but like game recognize game and i don't mean that in an egotistical way but more so like how the other people in that room see the world the things that we're talking about giving earlier like all the guys who i know are the wealthiest in the world will do will bend over backwards Bro, for you totally. you know what i mean yeah um it's but, completely the opposite yeah. of what the perception <laughs> is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the perception is everybody that's rich is a piece yeah. of shit my perception of it now that might be true for people that inherit, inherit the money is totally different could be yeah but my perception is people who have actually built their yeah. own wealth yeah. are usually these are the fucking nicest best people and that's the reason they became wealthy yeah they had to develop those ways of getting along with people over and over and over again because if you don't have leverage in the beginning which you don't you have to overcompensate by being a great person opening more doors by giving first yeah. and getting screwed yeah. And if you think about it that way, where it's like, okay, I have to give to lots of people for an extended period of time, and I have to stomach the fact that I'm going to get screwed. Like, you're going to get screwed. You mm-hmm. have to stomach it. But if you realize that that's the necessary cost in order to develop the trait and open the doors that 
you don't get screwed, then you just have to see that as the as the ticket, mm-hmm. right? And I think that for me, that was like a very big unlock for realizing that like when I got into those rooms, I was like, oh, I'm it not is the, only the ticket. Person. Yeah, it's the ticket. Yeah, it, getting your ass kicked and getting screwed over over and over and over again, and continuing to show up, continuing to push through, continuing to get creative and figure out the solution. That is the price of admission to that higher level that you're trying yeah. to build. It, it's not the abnormality. It is the norm for that level that you're going for. And while it may feel like it's abnormal, because it is, right? And the normal human being kind of keeps themselves. Right. They're not overly generous. They're not mm. overly greedy. Yeah. They might give some to the church. They might give five bucks to the homeless guy yeah. or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you have the means to make a difference and you continue to use your means to make a difference, there's going to be 80% of those people that don't appreciate it along the yeah. way. And that fucking sucks. It really does suck. And I'm not looking for a tinker tape parade or yeah. anything, but just like, I don't know, don't pile on, you know, yeah. like don't make it fucking harder. Like, I mean, and, and unfortunately, but fortunately, unfortunately, and fortunately, uh, it fucking hurts. But fortunately, it teaches you a whole lot. And I, I truly am bought into that mindset, yeah. you know, because DJ asked me, you know, uh, we're, we're together all the time and he, you know, he sees this a lot, yeah. right? Like he sees me do things. Yeah. He, he he knows all the secrets like he knows the things that i've done and then sees those people do those things that aren't good and he's like why the fuck do you do that bro and i'm like well look at my life dude yeah like i'm doing something right so like i really don't want to fuck with the recipe like it's going well yeah well, well guys that was part one uh when you guys come back we're gonna finish up part two so stay tuned guys we'll be right back Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no, headshot, case closed